Welcome back to The Scoreboard. Today is February 9th, 2024. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nolan Ezzett, alongside Terrence Holton and Crash Collier. And yeah, welcome back. We got a lot of great stuff to talk about. We've got some some pretty recent news, actually. Um, USC football just finalizes some... Uh, some, it seems like some pretty big recruits. I haven't been able to like watch any of their film necessarily, but USC just brought in some recruits from high school um, who had committed elsewhere. They were able to bring them in. So we've got former Michigan State commit, Jaden Walker. We've got uh, Isaiah Rubin, who's coming over the Trojans. And then we've got, please forgive me on the pronunciation, Ratumont, Ratumana R- Bulu Balavu. Yeah, yeah, no, that was He's good. He's a, yeah, yeah, uh, right. a former Washington commit, so bringing, bringing, bringing him over, taking him out of the other Pac-12 slash Big Ten or Big Twenty team. <laughs> um, so yeah, how do you guys, how do you guys feel about these recruits? You know, kind of, kind of finalizing our recruiting class. Um, do you think these are gonna, you know, do you think they're gonna make a splash on this team, or what do you think? What do you think it's gonna do for us? You know, I think some of them. I think Ruben is probably the best recruit out of these. The cornerback position for USC is really uh shallow this and this next season and I think adding Ruben who he was he's been committed to USC since July I want to say but some other programs were trying to sway him um when the defensive coordinator switched up um he came uh Danton Lynn got him to stick around um I think he might be the best maybe he'll get some playing time um because that cornerback position is so thin yeah, I agree with you there on the cornerback position, Terrence, especially with uh, Kalen Bullock now off to the NFL. Like Bullock was definitely one of the more rock star guys on defense last year that the Trojans had, and I think being able to you know, fill that vacancy or, well, just, or, well, I mean, as in like kind of add some depth there, it's a really big move for Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I love like the idea of Bula Balavu. I mean, he's big. He's a four-star lineman. Like, I think he's a great addition. I also think like you got Bear Alexander and like, you know, overall the defense has a lot of times been carried by that pass rush. And, you know, not to say that Blue Bulavu isn't needed, but I do agree with you guys. Like the secondary is clearly the most, you know, position of need. And also Ruben, it sounds like he's really good. I mean, he's the 36th ranked uh, player in California. Like, I mean, this guy is really good. It sounds like, you know, I haven't been able to watch too much film, but I'm really glad that we got him. You know, I don't know how many games he's going to start freshman year, might redshirt. Um, although to be honest, on this Trojan team, there's a good chance that you don't have to redshirt if you're a freshman cornerback. So yeah. <laughs> they probably need him on that. Field. A lot of positions on defense, if we're being honest. <laughs> just, yeah. about, just about everyone, unless you're, unless you're, unless you're supposed to, you know, be playing with Bear, then you know, Bear might. You gotta have face. You on if that, you gotta have face. If you got, if you're competing with Bear, that's a whole other story. That's that a dude story. is a beast. He is. He's amazing. He carried this this defense last season. Um, Truly yeah. one of the only competent defensive linemen. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what this defense would have been without him, to yeah. be honest. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what these guys do. Um, yeah, we still got a little while away until until we get to football. Something that's going on right now, though, is men's volleyball. Um, actually, no. Let's talk about basketball first. Let's talk about right. basketball first. Um, let's uh, let's start with men's basketball. Um, men's basketball team just recently lost a game in overtime to Cal. True heartbreaker. Um, also lost to, or sorry, beat Oregon State. I don't think we've we've talked we since didn't, then. We've not talked since so then. Yeah. Oregon State, huge victory that broke a that snapped a six game losing streak for the Trojans. So that's a big win. Um, it's also literally a big win, twenty eight point win. You know, Oregon State's nothing great, but nonetheless, like winning by twenty eight points and snapping a six game losing streak is needed. I was hoping that you know that win, snapping that streak, would lead to some more victories. It doesn't happen. You go to Cal. 
uh, and you lose in overtime. Did you guys get a chance to watch this game? Oh, barely. I barely watched it. I mean, I tuned in for a little bit, tuned in for a bit of the first half, and it was terrible. Um, so I decided I'm going to spend my time watching some better stuff. So, yeah. Oof. So I was driving about Wednesday night around 10. I just decided to turn on or 9:30 ish decided to turn on the game I was I was on my way back home from OC back up to LA so I was like you know what I'll just turn it on so punched in the radio and then so I caught it right as you know the Trojans were making their comeback and mm-hmm. credit to Isaiah Collier in his in his return to uh play that he had a pretty good game although not really a great first half but solid second half for sure 20 points although he's only four of 13 from the field. I was about to say, I was but about he to was, discredit Isaiah Crawler. For sure, but he definitely was great from the free throw line, 12 for 16. But overall, USC continues to struggle from the free throw line, which is, I think, a big issue, especially, as we have mentioned before on this show, Andy Enfield is the NCAA's leading free throw shooter of all time with like a 92.5% free throw percentage. I didn't even know that, really. Wow, that's I saw it today. I saw it this morning. The so that's bad. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you can be great at something, but if you can't coach it, yeah, it's a t- it's a whole different ballgame. Trying to coach something and being good at it yourself. Yeah, yeah and sure. Like, I mean, and they did miss, you know, a couple free throws at the end that could have, you know, given the Trojans a one-point victory in regulation. But I don't want to dwell on that. It's just look at the first half. They fell behind 11 points. Like, it's not the mistakes at the end. That kill you. It's a cumulative pileup of mistakes throughout the game that are what are going to win or lose it for you. And clearly that first half was a disaster. I think people were writing it off, tuning out, like you, Terrence. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was like not watching it, but I was just like, I'm going to tune it in for my drive home. Yeah, I mean, that game also, it was just such a Bronny James masterclass. 29 minutes, <laughs> one for five. Like, <laughs> just the overhype that Bronny James has had. I mean, and look, obviously, like, he's coming off, like, such a crazy offseason. You know, all those, like, health concerns. Like, I'll, I'll give him credit. Like, I'm super happy he's, like, on the court and everything. But, I mean, the amount of hype for someone who really hasn't produced has has, has been a little much for me. It's gotten to me. Um, I will say the Oregon State game was really fun to watch because for a long time, the the thing that the Trojans have needed to improve on the most was just like being aggressive, like especially under the hoop. They have not been able to both prevent the other team from getting offensive rebounds, getting second chance points, but then also they themselves have not been able to get those second chance opportunities. Against Oregon State, they had 20 offensive rebounds. The most they've had all season, 20 offensive rebounds is amazing. They had a lot of second chance points. They capitalized on that. And I mean, that's Part of the reason why they won by 28 points. Yeah. I mean, you saw they fully out-rebounded Oregon State by 20. Like 44 to 20 on the rebound on the boards. Flash forward to um the Cal game. I'm actually looking at this for the first time. I'm gonna botch this name. Fardwas Aimak Aimak had um eleven had fifteen points and twenty rebounds. The USC uh USC gave up nineteen offensive rebounds to Cal. And had only five of themselves. Um, I must nearly out rebounded the Trojans himself as USC finished with only twenty two rebounds. Another thing, can someone explain to me why Joshua Morgan is shooting more than Boogie Ellis? Yeah, it makes no sense. Ten this shots whole game, to this whole game was like confused. Yeah, Morgan, yeah, other than Collier, Morgan was leading the team for most of the game and with field goals. Wow. And it was the bench that was supplying all the energy on the game. Like Look at Isaiah Collier with 20, but then from the field in general is DJ Rodman leaving, leading the way. Seven for nine from the field. He's been three very good off the, the bench. Three. Yeah, this whole lineup. Like, I was honestly, like, I think my big surprise was, I know we were saying, like, no way this will happen. 
Kobe Johnson came off the bench. That is and honestly, yeah. I think it was warranted, though. I mean, he... He's he not been playing well at all. His, his defense has fully regressed. I was talking with some people before the Oregon State game about kind of how he's kind of regressed. Like I remember I was saying I was fully looking forward to him continue to improve after his like all-defense year, and it's been tough to watch. He's supposed to be a great 3-and-D player, and he's just not that this year. It's a little sad. Yeah. You know, I will say, though, DJ Rodman, he, he's very I mean, good. seven for nine, you know, uh, second leading scorer for the Trojans, I believe, against mm-hmm. Cal, 17 yep. points. Like, he's been really good. He brings the intensity a little bit like his dad, you know, you, you see that resemblance and he's just, he's a great, he's a great scorer. He's, he's pretty efficient. Um, he was three for five from three, which I was not expecting. He doesn't seem like the guy who'd be our leading three point scorer, but Hey, he was against Cal. I do want to see more of him. I, I am. I, I want to see him, you know, keep getting up nine, 10, 11 shots yeah. a game. I feel like he's, you know, I don't know. The, the attention is not on him, you know, defensively, they don't put attention on him. And I'm just not understanding some of these line of rotations because I'm looking at like the minutes for the players. Why are Arrington Page and Ozias Sellers starting and then getting nine and ten minutes? Doesn't make any sense. Well, I, don't I get think that. part of it is it's just Enfield. I think was going with a lineup that you know was kind of working based on kind of the last games. Like, because the thing is, like, and I mean, Enfield is searching for answers here clearly. So, and because of that you man. have to try different things. Like, no one's job is safe at this point. Clearly, I mean, and I think that didn't become any more visible with you know. Johnson being benched last week. I mean, Collier makes sense coming off the bench, although, but still. Another thing, I, I'd like to see some more Harrison Hornery minutes against Oregon State. Say. Five for seven from the field, 14 points in 14 minutes against Cal. Four minutes, zero points, zero anything, one rebound. That's all he had. I mean, like, I'd like to see some Hornery minutes. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get the adjustments from game to game. Like you said, Terrence, Hornery went off offensively. Also, he had four offensive rebounds in 14 minutes. That is just insane. I mean, he largely contributed to that you know, total of 20 offensive yeah. rebounds also Isaiah Sellers had a had a really good game against Oregon State I think he was the second leading scorer for the Trojans with 12 points yep. you know nothing yep. crazy but in, in a game like that he just so happened to be the second leading scorer five for ten and then you know like you said like you start him and then you play him for 10 minutes I don't get it he gets one shot off against Cal like I don't, I don't I think, know I think Enfield was going with the same lineup that worked against Oregon State just because they won I don't, maybe, maybe say, say maybe he's being superstitious. I think it's just, I think he just saw it like maybe this is working, but then I think I it was more the in game adjustments. And clearly, if that was his plan, just starting the same guys, it clearly blew up in their faces with, you know, Page and Sellers. Like, I mean, yeah, I, just, I just think his in game adjustments are bad. I agree. I mean, just nothing is working for them. Like, what if I told you guys in November, right after USC beat Kansas State, a pretty decent team, what if I told you guys that in February, USC wouldn't have double-digit wins yet? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Only team in the Pac-12 to not hit double digits That's yet. insane. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Also, I want to go back to what you said, Crash. I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, he doesn't want, you know, after, like, beating a team, snapping a six-game losing streak, you want to continue what you've done. The thing is, Andy Enfield didn't do that. Isaiah Sellers and Harrison Hornery. Hornery had, I think, 14 points against Oregon State. Should have had more, but still, 14 points. Sellers had, I think, 30. Then you go... Against Oregon State? Yeah. He had 12. He had 12. You mean minutes? Had... Or talking... Are minutes. we talking minutes or minutes? Minutes. 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 Oh, minutes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, 27. He, he, he had, yeah. yeah, 27. And then you go to Cal, and Hornery had, what, Harrison four Hornery had four. And, Sellers had 10. Yeah. He's, he just took two of the best guys that snapped the six-game losing streak and cut their minutes by, like, two-thirds. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it by Andy Anfield. And then they lose. Like, 
What do you expect to happen? I mean, they stormed where they were down 16, I want to say, so, at one point. Yeah, stormed yeah, back. Yeah. Credit to that. But then, I mean, I just feel like it's predictable. I just feel like everything that they do is so predictable. Like their offense is stale. They use 30 seconds on the shot clock to get a bad shot. I just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Do you guys think that Andy Enfield is going to start making better adjustments? No. It doesn't seem, it's hard to say at this point. It doesn't seem no. like he will. I mean, if, it didn't really seem like it, and like, seems like yeah, like why are some of the guys who are playing like great in like the prior game barely seeing minutes? Like Cornery being our best example of that that we pointed out. Yeah, and what even still against Oregon State, you could argue that Cornery fully deserved more minutes. Like why did he only play fourteen? I mean, granted it was a blowout, so you know they're starting to pull the guys. I mean, Zach Brooker and JD Plow got to play at the end, so right. granted that can you know affect players' minutes, but if you look at the Cal game. I feel like Hornery definitely, Hornery definitely warrants more than four minutes. He should be playing double-digit minutes minimum. I think he should be playing at least half the game, if not more. Yeah, one thing I feel like I'm going to bring this up every week at this point, because Boogie Ellis has regressed so much as a Absolutely. scorer as well, which I don't understand. Be, and I'm going to go back to this. You cannot convince me that Drew Peterson, Reese Dixon, Waters, and Trey White were the reason this team was good last year. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm also just wondering, and I was talking to so remember Britt, who like I was sitting with us at the women's mm -hmm. basketball game against UW a few weeks ago. What we were talking about after the UCLA game was was that uh, maybe it, was it right for just the Trojans team culture in general for Ellis to come back? And the reason I bring that up is because think about there's like kind of you got a bunch of veterans who are like who have either been in college basketball or been around the team for a while. Ellis, Morgan, Rodman's been in college basketball for five years. Johnson, three years. And then you have, you know, kind of those younger guys, like that great re great recruiting class or, well, uh, well, I mean, in terms yeah, of rank I mean, ranking on three, paper. Yeah, top, third. yeah, with Collier, Brawny, Page, Gardner. Mm -hmm. But then there's not really too much, like, kind of like, I'm just wondering, like, between, you know, those young guns and the vets, like, is there t not enough, you know, continuity because you got kind of all those older guys and younger guys playing together and kind of those middle guys like the juniors and sophomores aren't seeing a crazy ton of playing time. Yeah. I mean, all I'm going to say is Boogie Ellis should have declared for the draft last year. His draft His stock is, is going mm -hmm. down. But you know whose draft stock isn't going down? Now, she is just a freshman. We still got a few more years. But Juju Watkins, her stock is at an all-time high. You know, we talked to you guys last week, the day of the Stanford game. And, you know, we said we didn't think we didn't think USC could do it. They have done it before, but it would take a Juju Watkins masterclass. It would take a heavy increase in efficiency because she has been struggling in terms of efficiency the last month. Well, she took what we said to heart. She dropped 51 points against Stanford on over 50 percent shooting. 17 of 19 from the free throw line. She'd be a great addition to the men's team. She'd provide Seriously. them with something they cannot do. At what point do we bring Juju Watkins onto the men's team? Literally. <laughs> right now, man. She she could she could add so much value right now. She was just amazing. USC took down Stanford really largely thanks to Juju Watkins. I think once you do the stats, it it's, was it's, it's all Juju Watkins. I think it's it was 70% like of the points. She scored se her. about 75% of the points. The rest of USC combined was 7 for 38 from the field. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yep. Um, Juju, 14 for 26. It was in incredible what she did. 
Yeah, plus when she went to the free throw line, she was making her shots <laughs> I didn't too. Even realize 17 she, for 19 from the yeah, that's why. all of USC's free throws. She no one else on USC shot a single free throw yeah. other than her. I think I think I saw Tara <laughs> so Von Devere admitted in a post game interview that they just let Watkins get to the line too much and that killed him, especially because she was shoot she shot 89.5 percent. That's gonna hurt you big time. Yeah, I mean another thing, she also led the team in rebounds. Like that's insane. She also led it in assists, and there's only two. But <laughs> yeah, how many assists there are there to exactly. go around? There's only five total assists. That's <laughs> insane. Wow. There were more steals than assists in this game, and she had four of the six that's steals. Crazy, like defensively, dude. offensively, physicality, everything. Juju is a baller. It's she is insane. absolutely a baller. Ridiculous. Six for eleven from three. Like she literally can do everything. She took exactly what we said to heart. She, you know, she displayed all listener. the amazing Must have been. She, she's a list, she she was list, she was listening to the scoreboard mm -hmm. the, Clearly, yeah. that that day. Um yeah, I mean the efficiency, that's just that's just what shocked me. Like she made some amazing plays, but what really caught me off guard was they've been relying on Juju a lot that month and I thought that was why her efficiency was down. They relied on her more than any game of the season against Stanford and she just showed up. I mean, you guys see the, the picture of her holding the, the 51? Of course, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, she graced the cover of Slam Magazine this week, too. Oh, I might yeah. buy that. You know, you guys see the shirt, like the Slam shirt with her on it? Like yeah. The cover, I might buy that shirt. It's so sick. It is amazing. Parents this is turning to a full Juju Watkins fanboy over here. I actually am. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, she's what USC Athletics has to got offer nothing right else to, is, Yeah, I got yeah. nothing else to root for with USC <laughs> yeah. Athletics. Yeah. It's a combination of her making history and everything else with USC Athletics just going downhill. Like, what else could you ask for other than Juju Watkins? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess what... It's no, 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 go for it. What else you could ask for is, you know, some better performances from Mackenzie Forbes, Rhea Marshall, like anyone else, literally anyone. But I mean, Mackenzie Forbes, you know, we, we talk about Juju Watkins, who had, what'd you say, Terrence, 75 percent of about, the about 75. Yeah, Th that's amazing. Mackenzie Forbes, you know, took about it looks like 20, 25 percent of the shots from from the Trojans. She shot 18 times like she was not silent whatsoever. I would bet that that was one of her most you know, offensive performances, at least in terms of attempts, 18 attempts is, is a lot in 34 minutes. She only made five of them. And I don't know, I feel like at, at some point, once, you know, Juju Watkins gets over 30, 35 points, the defense has got to be really just looking at Juju and only Juju. I, I expect Forbes to have some better numbers than yeah. five of 18. We'll, we'll see. I mean, the thing is, like, they got to be able to, you know, spread the ball around too. And I think if we, you know, as we start to look into Cal, it's like they kind of were struggling with, you know, sustaining that top level of play. I feel like Juju was just like at a certain point, was just like head down, give me the ball, like get get out of my way, like I'm not gonna pass. That's to her any mentality. Of you. Like when I mean, she's going off, it's just like that's how she is. And I feel like the other game I really saw that was the opener in Vegas against Ohio right, State. Yeah. Like that led me to talk to Troy to do a TikTok that was like basically I like straight up declared she was a baller after one game, one game of her college career. I declared that. <laughs> I mean, she's not quite the best player in college basketball. Basketball, obviously, Caitlin Clark is still yeah. incredible, but Caitlin Clark's gone next year. That's true. Juju Watkins is like will definitively be the best player in college basketball next year. I mean, we can say that, like I think say she that, will. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, she gets an extra year of experience at that point. She's a sophomore. Obviously, Caitlin Clark's gone. The question I, I don't see anyone else. That the would. question that's gonna be is, will she have like you know, by the time she graduates. Will people remember her more than Caitlin Clark? That's the big question. That's hard to do. That is really hard. That's to gonna do. be that's gonna be the ultimate question. She's gonna have to answer. She's gonna if, she's gonna if need she to can answer. win a national championship, then yes, yes. Caitlin, that's the agree. one thing Caitlin Clark hasn't done is win a national. Although championship. to be fair to both USC and Iowa in that regard, they both still 
or to both Watkins and Clark, they both have at least one more chance to do that. True. Watkins yeah. got Watkins has more chances to pile up natties, but this is Clark's last shot at it. Yeah. Was Caitlin Clark putting up these numbers in her as freshman fresh, year? I though? can't imagine. I, I mean, I'm, as far as I know, Juju Watkins is on a trajectory to even if she does not win a natty, she still, in theory, should be remembered more because I think she's on a trajectory to be better. Better. She well, in fairness, Caitlin Clark was averaging twenty six. Uh, five rebounds and seven assists, like arguably okay. better numbers. So yeah. eh, it's neither okay. here nor there. Yeah. But so basically what I'm hearing is Juju Watkins is in the exact same conversation as yes. Caitlin Clark, yes. which is just insane. Yeah. As a freshman, like, how? yeah, so impressive as a freshman. What else do you guys think we need to see from this team? I mean, you know, obviously like Mackenzie Forbes and Rhea Marshall are the, the two girls behind Juju. Is there anything, I mean, you know, it's great when Juju Watkins is dropping 51 points, but at the end of the day, once it comes to the tournament, First of all, she's probably not going to be dropping 51 points because she's going to be playing some really good, you know, defenses. Well, I mean, Stanford is a great defense, so. Right, yeah. But, you know, the, the, she can't consistently do that. So what do you think we need to to see from this team to be a little more consistent? Some more consistent out, uh, outside shooting. Um, I think really when Juju puts her, heads down, puts her head down and goes towards the basket, if someone can be open and can, obviously, Kayla Padilla and Taylor Bigby have been those shooters on the outside. But I think if they can really get a little bit more consistent with their shooting, then I think it'll be pretty impossible to stop this team. Yeah, I'd agree. And especially, I mean, that was one thing I did like about the Cal game was that uh, there was kind of the ball was spread around a little bit more. It wasn't just Watkins. It was, wasn't just Watkins and Forbes in double digits. Caitlin Davis also had 10 points alongside them. And then Rhea Marshall had nine points. Caleb Padilla had nine. So everyone like who starred scored at least nine points, which I think is just good that, you know. Good consistency, yeah. Good consistency, but I think we need to see more cons- a more consistent team. We can't just, you know. Yeah. USC can't rely on, you know, having, like, these, like, insane nights and then following it up with, you know, a game that they almost – that they struggled to, you know, put away Cal until the end. They totally could have lost this game. They yeah, were I was worried they were going to lose. I, they gave me a scare. And I mean, and the same thing happened uh, last weekend with uh, Washington State and UW. And of course, they lost to UW. Yeah, no, yeah it, I'm just, yeah, like Washington State, they went off. Sure, they kind of were slowing down a little bit near the end, but they held on. So I'll give them credit. But then they, you know, followed it up with, you know, a loss where they were never ahead at all. And then even the same could be said after they beat UCLA and then, you know, followed it up with uh, losses to uh, Colorado and Utah. So it's just my big thing is they need to have they need to play a more sustainable game, which I think involves spreading the ball out. Everyone's taking shots. Everyone's dropping at least 10 points a night. I agree. I also think it takes, I mean, kind of in, in line of consistency between Mackenzie Forbes and Rhea Marshall, who've had their ups and downs, who are supposed to be some of like the really great scorers on this team. They've got to be more consistent. At least one of them has got to have a good game. You know, it, it really sucks when Mackenzie Forbes against Cal was two for 10. Rhea Marshall was a little better, but she only played 21 minutes. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. That's kind of on Gottlieb. I feel like if, if Rhea Marshall's feeling it, you yeah. got to give her some more minutes. Um, Marshall had 13 minutes, I believe, in the Stanford game, which I guess the only player that really needed minutes in that game was Juju Watkins. Yeah. But yeah. but still, I don't, I'd don't. i like to see more minutes from Rhea Marshall. I know she's not very consistent. She has, she's she, dropped off a little bit from I, last season. Also, I mean, not the center good. position is one of the tougher positions to play, which is why you kind of see her sometimes having less minutes compared to everyone else who starts. Like, that's why, I mean, even in the Stanford game, Clarice Akunwafo had played 19 minutes to Marshall's 40, despite 14, sorry, despite coming off the bench. That's true. But so, I do think once you get to, like, you know, tournament play, you're going to need kind of an experienced and, and 
player who's supposed to be be good like Ray Marshall. I mean, True. I don't I don't know how far they can get if Ray Marshall's not in there for 20 plus minutes every game and, you know, putting up some really good shots. It's going to be hard. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Yes. I think another thing, another thing I saw on Instagram, this is the first time since nine this is the best record through 20 games for the USC women's basketball team since ni- the 1993 to 1994 season. Is it? Yeah. That's it's it's, it's fun. It's very fun that they're this good cuz I mean, obviously this is a Formerly really good program with people like Lisa Leslie, um, Cheryl Miller. So it's I mean, fun to see these. What's cool again. is Miller's at most of the games, she sitting is, yeah, courtside. Like yeah. super cool to see her there supporting her alma mater. No doubt in my mind, that's you know motivating the team to keep doing well. And not just Miller, they're getting you know big celebrities every game too. Like they've had Kevin Hart, Chris Brown. They've you know they've gotten a lot of you know LeBron even has stayed for half a half of that UC Riverside game after Bronny's debut against Long Beach State. So you're just seeing, you know, the celebrities pull up for the women's basketball squad, which is really amazing to see. It's really fun. To wrap up our basketball section, let's talk about, you know, how we – well, I mean, first of all, Let's be clear. Men's basketball team cannot make the tournament unless they win yeah, the Pac-12 it's, it's championship. It's impossible. Like um, it doesn't. Pac-12 it, isn't good enough. The, the math just do, doesn't it, it line up. Happen. Women's team obviously is basically clinched. Um, so first question to you guys is: How do you think the women's team is going to fare in March Madness? You know, we're we're only about a month away. Second thing is: Is there any shot that the men's team wins the Pac-12 championship? And I think for bit? the men's team to win, they got to you know win out, and they just got to be riding a ton of momentum going into Vegas. And even still, that still might not even guarantee them a first-round bye just with the nature of the conference because they are now six games out of first and four out of, you know, getting to the number four spot for that, you know, for that first-round bye because they need to, you know, jump up to number four to be able to earn that. That's my take on the men's team. Yeah, realistically, they're going to have to play all four days. Uh, It's four days, three days, whatever it is. Four four for the bottom eight, three for the – Four days, then yeah, they're yeah. gonna be a bottom eight team. Um, I think realistically, they have to really they need to play more efficient. They need to play more together. They look like they lack chemistry. They look lazy out there. They look like they don't want to be there. They need to play with more intensity and fire. And I don't think that's gonna happen. I will I, say, I just don't think it's gonna happen. It's interesting that you say there's no chemistry because I I see the same thing. There's no chemistry, which is really different from last season where when Boogie was having his day, you know, they were all on the same page. Get it to Boogie. When it was someone else, they were all on the same page. It doesn't feel like they're on the same page. Isn't that they the haven't same? incorporated the bigs as I would have liked to. They didn't do it the, either last season, but last season was kind of you know obviously Vince was new and, and everything like that. Pretty guard and forward heavy, yeah. Yeah, but now there's there's been enough time to incorporate Vince the way that we would have liked. They haven't done it. They haven't incorporated their bigs properly. There is no chemistry. I also think there's just like a lack of discipline and just like the the way that they play. I mean, for example, this is a like this is a very tedious example, but there was one goaltending Vince had against uh Oregon State where the ball hit off the backboard after a foul and he smacked it. It's like, come on, you gotta realize that's gonna count as a, um, as an and one. It's it's a stupid foul. Terrence, it's just stupid. you're giving me too many like penalty flag me- memories from football games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women's team though, you know, I I think they have a really good shot. It's also the same thing. They have to be riding momentum because I do think this is a team that you know when you're riding on the back of Juju Watkins, as great as she is, at the end of the day, like she is a freshman, and freshmen have of course you know been known, no matter how good they are. They are prone to, you know, rookie mistakes in, mm-hmm. in the tournament. So I think I think, you know, kind of like in line what we were saying before it, with the regular season, but especially for March, they need to be a more complete team. 
they need to be getting more consistency, I think. So same thing for women's team, uh, t- to me at least. What, do you, what about you guys? I think the women's team, um, I think they can make the Final Four. I agree. Um, I think that'll be their um, ceiling, though. Because realistically, they won't win the chip this year. This year is South Carolina's to lose. South Carolina is yeah. way too good in women's basketball. Um, but they're really good. And I think, you know, I've said this before, in women's basketball, you really need that one-star player who can just, like, take over and score at will. And USC has that star player. And so I think they can go far, 100%. I absolutely agree. And I think to build on it, I think they I think they could have a chance. Maybe I'm stretching, making a hot take here, but they could. They definitely got a shot to go far. It's just a question of can they all pull together and, you know, rally behind Watkins? Because as we were saying, if that's the case, like if, like with your take, Terrence, of how in women's basketball you need, or just basketball in general, you need that one-star player to be able to carry the load. If Watkins can be that what that star player deep in the tournament maybe in the first couple rounds you get away with it but if you know you can get serious by like the sweet 16 i could say they i could say i mean high seems pretty seems like like i said i know i'm making a stretch with this but they could win it all if they can rally behind watkins especially in the later rounds of the tournament no i agree with both of you i think realistically the farthest i would ever bet the trojans to go is a final four appearance but at that point, once you hit that stage and you've got your star player like Juju, anything can happen. We just saw the Trojans beat Stanford. It took a 51-point masterclass from Juju Watkins, but anything can happen. I wouldn't bet on them to go farther than, than the Final Four, but they can. There Nolan, is potential. You just defined why I don't bet on sports in like tournaments like that when my team is involved. Anything can happen. Yeah. My rule is don't bet if you have an emo- an emotional investment in it. That's smart. That is very smart. That's a very smart philosophy. I wish I followed that. I've been heartbroken way too many times. Start following it now then. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try. But Super Bowl's coming up, so this is like the worst time to worst time Well, to my it. team's not involved. Well, if your team's not involved, then buy all- do whatever the hell you want that. Yeah, but there's all those amazing prop bets. You got you gotta love those prop bets. There's there's some really funny prop bets out there. What color is the Gatorade gonna be? <laughs> what what color do you guys think it's gonna be? Blue. I said this on sports. It, yeah, scene. I'm saying yeah, blue again. Right. Sticking with All it. Right. <laughs> Crash. Mm, if we're going for it, I don't know. I don't really follow this stuff. I guess I'll just you know defer to Terrence and go with blue. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard your logic on sports scene. It was it was good. So I'll, I, I'll go I, blue I too. didn't get a chance to watch it, but I'm just gonna I'll trust Terrence's logic. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch it after we're done. Historically, it definitely backs up the fact that you know it's gonna it's gonna be blue at least re, at least in terms of recency bias. You know the the last the last sport though at USC that. I think is really worth talking about is the men's volleyball team. They, you know, we last time we were talking to you guys, they had just come off a loss to UCSD. Uh, they lost two to three. Then that same day they went, or they, they you know, stayed at home, they played UCSD, they hosted UCSD, and they wiped them 3-0. Now, unfortunately, two days ago, they lost to number seven, UC Irvine. Great team, but still a loss is a loss, three to one. Now, Crash, you were actually at that match. That's so correct. Can you maybe talk to us a little bit about that? So I'll just say it was super, really hostile environment. UCI is really into, you know, volleyball. It's like what, that's like one of their big sports. Like it's for them, it's what for USC is football pretty much. Like it's their football. So there were a lot of people there, a lot of people from my volleyball club, because since it's close by, it's like a lot of what can bring a lot of the volleyball folks together, UCI. So great, great environment, but it was a tough match. I mean, Trojans won the first set kind of, a respectable margin, 25-19, considering UCI is the seventh-ranked team in the country. But I think what I saw afterwards was just they just, you know, couldn't hold on and just, you know, UCI won three tight sets. And, I mean, that 
third set they were down I think seven or eight and Kyle Paulson just leads an incredible charge from the ser- from with his serve to get them to tie it up and send into extra points but unfortunately they fell short 30 to 28 and then they I think that set kind of I don't want to say it mentally broke them but when you lose a tight set like that and it's going to put a team up with you know like to set put a team one set away from winning it can really hurt momentum but credit to them for fighting and staying in it till the end but I think it's like what I said with the, the women's basketball team it's a lot about sustaining that high level of play they are fully capable of playing at a high level it's just can they sustain it for long periods of time and I know I've said this with a lot of teams like this team women's basketball I even mentioned it with we talked about a lot with women's volleyball in last semester so I think it's just they need to you know be able to play at a much higher much more sustainable pace hopefully they're going back at home they're six and one at home I think they have a definitely a fighting chance given how in they were in this game to match to the end like this was a tight match despite the 3-1 loss so therefore I think they have a chance to you know do really well and I think they'll put up a battle against the anteaters tomorrow night uh, yeah, I mean, th- thank you for your expert analysis, Crash. As always, you—I mean, you obviously played in in high school. Yeah. Terrence, do you have anything to add that you know a high school volleyball player might not have mentioned? I don't really have anything to add. I mean, Crash kind of hit it right on the head. Um, I clearly this team is much better at home than they are away. I think you know a, a win over UC Irvine would be big. Um, we'll see what happens though. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about this team recently, it's that they can go to UCSD, have a you know su- suffer from a loss, come back at home. Beat them 3-0. So why can't they go to UC Irvine? Heartbreaking loss, 3-1. Host them at home. Take them on. They're they're playing tomorrow. So yeah, they'll they'll be coming into this one with a vengeance. They will absolutely that one. That I can say for sure for certain. They will have a vengeance. I I hope next week we can come back to you guys and and say that the the trend with UCSD losing away, coming back, winning at home. Same thing for UC Irvine. Maybe it'll apply. So stay tuned until next week. We'll keep you posted on the score. Hope we can tell you that they they swept them 3-0. Till then, stay tuned. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Go. Or, who are we rooting for? I'm. I, I think I'm. Geez. Neither. I'm going 49ers to the extent. But I. Like, but it's like. But if it either way, I'm like I'm not crazy about it. Like probably 49ers. I don't like either of these teams or their fan bases. So I'm just like pretty impartial, hoping for a good game. Yeah, I don't really care either. Hoping for a good game. We'll yeah. see. Maybe like a 35. Something like last 31, year. I like something last year. like that. Let's yeah. see a good game. Yeah, we'll that's what I want. Hopefully the game's good for you guys too. As always, stay tuned, and we will keep you updated next week. Till then, fight on.